This morning we're going to continue series on spiritual warfare. I would encourage you to, to take your announcement sheet, flip it to the back, and, uh, and take some notes. Uh, we're, we're continuing this theme, and this is the series theme. We live in a reality that is comprised of both physical and spiritual beings, those who submit to God and His authority, and those who have rebelled against Him. Do you really accept this understanding? Can we live in such a secular world? Do you get the fact that we, though, are in a spiritual battle? That this spiritual battle is real? That even as we commemorate Hanukkah that took place a little over 22 or almost 2200 years ago, do we understand that that was a spiritual battle? It was an effort on the part of the adversary, the evil one, Satan, to destroy our people. Because if the Jewish people don't exist, then God is a liar. We've talked about this. It's why Satan hates our people so much. And that uh, we have a, uh, something we want to talk about tonight specifically, or this morning specifically, in regards to our engagement with this truth. Followers of Messiah Yeshua are engaged in spiritual warfare. All right, it's very clear, both actually, interestingly enough, in some of the prophetic literature, in the Tanakh, as well as in the New Testament text, we see that there is a challenge toward engagement in spiritual warfare. Now, you can either be a passive participant, which means I think ultimately you become imprisoned to the adversary, or active. If you're not willing to take this all seriously, then in essence, in reality, you become a prisoner of, of the evil one. Because as we talk about every week, there are no, there's no neutral place. You can't be neutral in a spiritual war. It just isn't possible. So this morning what we're going to talk about is the whole concept of being strengthened by God's Spirit in you. If you're going to fight a war, you have to be strengthened. If you want to talk about fighting war, you can talk to David Davis, who fought in the Second Gulf War, find out all the realities of that. I remember talking, I never fought, my brother fought in the First Gold War, Gulf War, which was kind of a cakewalk. <laughs> Though I remember talking to, to guys who fought in the Second World War. A couple of, one guy, a couple of guys I know who landed at D-Day and what they had to go through and and the reality of slugging through, you're exhausted, you're worn out, all right? Your clothes are just caked with mud, you're wet, you're tired, you have no food. But you have to persist. You have to keep going. Because to stop very likely means death. We need to be strengthened. How does one get strengthened in battle? Well, there's nourishment you can eat. All right? There's also nourishment you gain by those around you. Occasionally you get nourishment from the headquarters if they send you some good news, which doesn't always necessarily happen effectively, at least as I've heard. But we need to understand we are in a battle. Then that every day of our lives we are engaged with being spiritual beings who are either for God or against Him. And there are those that are certainly against God are seeking to influence us. Last week we went through and did this overview of the book of Ephesians. Not the book, but the Ephesian community. These are believers in Yeshua in the town of Ephesus in what is modern day Turkey. Hmm? And, uh, and they, how they came to faith and, and the spiritual reality. How, how uh, the whole idea that, they, that in coming to faith in Yeshua that they also purged themselves of, uh, of materials that they had that were, that were obviously of a, uh, 
a satanic origin, magic and things like that. You know, to understand that uh, even in our day and age that this stuff is real, that incantations and magical arts and some of the, these are real things and it has to do with manipulating the spiritual beings who are against God. I don't fully understand it, but I know it's all real. And that even in the Jewish community, this is something that some within the Jewish community have played around with, even though it's forbidden by the Torah. When you go, uh, and you, you go to Israel, you go to the Israel Museum, one of the things you see is, is that the mysticism has played a role in the Jewish people. And the ambulance, the names on ambulance, and people wear them. Anybody have a rabbit's foot? When I was a kid, I had a rabbit's foot. I had it because it was cool. I was a kid. I could pull a rabbit's foot out of, my, out of my pocket along with a bunch of other junk. You know there are people that put horseshoes over their doorways and they keep rabbit's feet in their pockets and they do all kinds of crazy things because they believe that in these things there's real power. There's only one God who created all. So some of those that he, has, he created chose to disobey him and oppose him. We, as followers of Messiah Yeshua, have chosen to align ourselves with God. This morning, I want us to understand the importance of strengthening ourselves in the truth of who God is. Now, in preparation for this, I have another video that I want to show. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. All right. <clears throat> now, um, I think that's probably one of the best videos I've ever seen uh, that show uh, Roman armor in such a descriptive manner. I have to point out, though, that was produced by the Mormons. Isn't that interesting? You can tell just by the King James language that they use in the recitation of the text. Romans chapter 6. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6. Turn with me, please, 
Ephesians chapter 6. Now, this morning what I want to do, really, because I only have about 10 minutes, I want to deal with the first part of this message. All right, part one, pretty much this page. Take a look, Romans chapter... Romans, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, page 1,122, page 1,122, take a look at verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. My encouragement for you this morning is to consider your strengthening in the Lord. How are you strengthening yourself in the Lord? When I was uh, in business years ago, sold uh, printing supplies uh, across the country as a dealer, managed a dealer network, and uh, it was a a great gig, made a lot of money. And uh, there was a guy who we called the professor or doc, and Doc had been in the printing business uh, down at A.B. Dick, which is no longer there, that uh, shopping center at Tui, and uh, like Lehigh uh, or uh, Carpenter Road. That big, okay, there used to be all kinds of manufacturers. AT&T used to be over there. There's an A.B. Dick manufacturing plant over there. If you don't know what, what A.B. Dick was, I'm very sorry to hear that. They made little tiny printing presses all over the world. It's when the Americans actually made innovative manufactured goods. All right, And Doc worked there. And he knew the printing industry. And uh, he used to walk around the office and he used to go, knowledge is power. (laughs) Knowledge is power. There's a story. Big old manufacturer having a problem in in a very expensive piece of equipment. Big old machine. Couldn't figure out what the problem was. Made a phone call to a specialist. A guy who was considered to be the authority. The guy flew in, they flew him in on a private jet. He came, he looked, he checked everything out. Felt around the machine, looked at all the little pieces, looked at everything, found one particular uh, space. Took a little hammer, smacked that one little space. Suddenly the machine started working. Got back on the private plane, went home, sent the bill. And... uh, we uh, got the bill. Bill was like, you know, $20,000. And uh, basically, uh, the bill detailed said uh, on site service, 500 bucks. Knowing where to properly hit the machine, $19,500. <clears throat> Knowledge is power. One of the things that continues to sadden me so often among believers is that. Too often believers are not reading their biblical text with any seriousness. Committed seriousness. Whether it's devotional reading of the scriptures, just reading it to try and understand how to deepen one's relationship with God, what God might be literally speaking to them through the text in, or studying it, mining it to understand more deeply how it all fits together or what the little pieces are compared to other pieces. Knowledge is power. Knowing God requires our intentional effort. To be strong in the Lord is to grow our knowledge and faith in Him. 
We grow in our knowledge of God simply one, one way, just reading the biblical text, reading the scriptures. Let it wash over us, and not just five minutes a day. I recommend take 30 minutes a day, read the scriptures, and then think about it at other times of the day in other ways. But you know how else you really understand the power of God is learn to live a life of faith. Believe that God is able to actually do what it is he says he's going to do. You know, the most basic foundational way believers do that is how they use their time and how they use their resources. How they use their time, how they use their resources. If all you do is give God an hour or two on a Shabbat morning and that's it, you'll never understand the power of God. If all you do is throw God a, a bone in terms of your giving, you'll never understand the power of God. To really taste and see that the Lord is good, that when you follow his instructions, like when, it's, when he says to keep the Shabbat and make it holy, and you set the day aside intentionally, and you withhold from yourself quote-unquote pleasures or opportunities that come up, whether it's an education or whether it's an employment. You demonstrate faith, and you see that the Lord is good and that he is powerful. When you learn to give enough of your money away for the building up of God's kingdom, you see that God does provide. You see that he does care for us, that he makes miracles happen. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. To strengthen your faith in the Lord is to really recognize that he is the creator and sustainer of all that exists. But the other point that I want to make, and this is interesting because I view Ephesians chapter 6 kind of along the lines of what we read in Galatians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> there we see two different texts. There are two different texts, but the same basic understanding. In uh, Galatians chapter 5, which isn't so far away, so I'd say flip over to it. Galatians chapter 5, page 1116. There we, uh, he is talking about walking. Walking by the Ruach. You know, walking by the Ruach. Put on the full armor of God. Walk by the Ruach. He says, but I say walk by the Ruach, this is verse 16, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. What does it mean to walk by the Ruach? It means to, be, to, un, to intentionally desire to strengthen yourself in the spirit of God that is indwelling you. Besides the fact that the Messiah has come and that our sins are forgiven because of his atonement, do you realize the most important teaching that comes out of the New Covenant text is the fact that the spirit of God indwells the believers to empower them. And it's not that woo-woo or the crazy emotional hyperstatics that some people do. It is literally the understanding that the Spirit of God is in you. And that if you submit to the Spirit and you walk in the power of the Spirit in your life, you will be strengthened for all that it is that God has for you to do. Whatever it is. In Colossians 3, he talks about putting on the new self. Again, these are, these are illustrations of the same understanding of, of truly understanding, truly appreciating the power of God that's within us because of the Spirit living within us. 
We went through, we had a whole series on this, you know. Talked about it a lot in the book of Galatians. We talked about it, though, last, last January. And then as believers, if we grieve the Spirit, quench the Spirit, we're, you know, we're basically doing ourselves a tremendous harm in terms of our relationship with God. And how do we grieve the Spirit? By allowing sin in our lives. By doing things that that's not what this, we know the Spirit, that God would not want us to do, that limit the Spirit's ability to really speak into our lives. You know, there's a couple of passages <clears throat> that uh, I wanted to talk about, but I'm just not going to. But 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 20, uh, chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 15, and 1 Peter 5, 8. Guys, there are passages where it seems very clear to me that individuals who are not intentional about putting on and walking in who are not taking seriously their need to grow in the spirit and how their lives are living, that they become somehow or another captive, captivated or captured or inhibited by Satan and, the, and, the, and his forces. How is it possible? I don't know. I don't want to find out. All I know is that in my short little life, I have seen so many believers, people that profess faith in the Messiah, Yeshua, who due to sinful habits in their lives become totally neutralized in terms of the gospel or even seemingly lose their faith and walk away. How is that possible? I think it's possible because we take too lightly the importance of walking in the Spirit. We take too lightly the importance of putting on the new self. We take too lightly the challenge of arming ourselves to be able to be strengthened in the Lord and in His amazing power. Part of what we have to understand is that we have a real enemy. <clears throat> this enemy is real. Uh, that's why there is such a, you know, it's, it's amazing when you, when you look into the, to it. Maybe you've studied it, so you already know. But there, there is this understanding throughout cultures that one has to defend oneself against evil spirits by somehow or another manipulating or at least coming into some kind of a relational connection with good spirits. And again, I hate to tell you this, but this is something that Jewish people have dabbled in ever since Egypt. Scriptures make it very clear. God is the creator and sustainer of all. The God of Israel is God. All other gods are no gods. Or what they really are is that they are created beings by God who have turned away from him. You want to know how to avoid evil? Seek God. As I said before, you know, as we raise our voices and praise to the God of Israel whether we do it liturgically or, or through music or we uh, chanting of the text. The evil spirits flee. They don't want to hear that stuff. But if you have a life that is duplicitous, you're one way here and you're one way somewhere else, don't be surprised if you're under influence from these guys. We have a spiritual opposition. Take a look at the text. Again, I'm going to read starting verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I'm not going to do a big, long, exegetical thing on that because I want to make something very practically clear. All right? The less we really focus... On, on the evil, I think the better. I think the better. 
One of them was a teacher at Moody years ago, Fred Dickinson, who basically used to say, you know what, he studied it, he became an expert, and he says, you don't want to spend that much time on it because it's really, it's really hard. Better to focus on the good and be aware of what is bad. So be aware. If you look at this and you chart it all out, the bottom line is there's a couple of things you need to know. There is a very crafty enemy who likes to do all kinds of things to deceive and to trick, to lead the believers astray. As I said, it's so funny, this, this Mormon video, there's like, they got the best stuff on the web when it comes to it, right? But they have lots of money, thank God. I mean, they got the Marriott's and all the rest of it. But, but remember, to deceive means a lot of truth with just a little bit of error. A lot of truth with a little bit of error leads to deception. You know, all that really matters is you're a good person. All that really matters is, is, that, is that you're loving God. I mean, it's not too hard to, to see through. All that matters is, is that you love God and you're a good person. You're trusting in, you, in Jesus. You're believing in Jesus. Right? Well, that sounds good. Except you find out that Jesus is a created being whose brother was Satan. And God is somebody that basically got to be some, he was a person who was created or came to be and got elevated to the point that he got his own planet and then had a bunch of wives and had a bunch of kids and they populate the universe. It's nuts. It's Mormon theology. Mormon doctrine. I don't even know if you can call it theology. Satan wants to deceive. His, these beings want to deceive. You need to understand your real enemy. Your real enemy isn't the person around you in the room who you're ticked off at. If you are ticked off at anybody, that's sin. You need to humble yourself, confess it before God, and apologize or make good. You're supposed to put up with one another and live in peace with one another. Your real enemy, your real enemy is Satan. Your real enemy is the evil one and his hordes. And the hierarchy here that, that I'm talking about here is that just as there's hierarchy in the physical realm and we read about hierarchy in the spiritual realm, you know, the Sepharim and the, uh, the different angels and the messengers and all these guys. I mean, Michael the archangel, all right? That's a specific term. He is a big shot in the realm of spiritual leaders on God's side. You have the same thing on Satan's side. Read again the book of Daniel. And you'll, you'll read it in the latter part of that, that book. So rulers, powers, worldly forces of darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavens. Guys, be aware you have an organized enemy. If you have sin in your life, if you are doing things that you know that God doesn't want you to do, not only does God know it, who else knows it? The spiritual beings. they see that stuff. Remember the book of Job, when we looked at Job, and Job, he's walking to, and, or Satan's walking to and fro, and he says to God, look, God says, look at Job. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, God, God says to Satan, look at Job. And Satan says, yeah, it's only because you're nice to him. But then the story in the book of Zechariah between the high priest Joshua and the Satan, the evil one, and he's accusing him because of his sinfulness. Sometimes I think we don't, I mean, I, think, I don't know why we have this mentality, but we, we, we have forgotten that there seems to be in this spiritual reality the fact that the evil ones can make accusations against us even before God. What's wonderful is because of our faith in Messiah Yeshua, our sins are forgiven. 
But there is this seeming mechanism that exists within the spiritual realm. How should this impact us? How should we consider this? I think it should impact us because it should lead us to consider our lives. How are we strengthening ourselves in the Lord? Are we taking seriously the importance of our own reading of Scripture and studying of Scripture? How are we strengthening our faith in the Lord? What steps toward greater faith development are we holding back on? Whether it's in your time, because I think the big ones are usually time. We're so busy. Are you really, really using your time the way God wants you to? Are you really actively involved in, in, in serving the Lord and others around you the way God wants you to? Are you using your finances the way God wants you to? The two biggest points of faith. No one in America is pretty much going to ask you whether or not you believe in Jesus or they'll kill you. For other people, that's a serious issue. But not here. If you're not strengthening yourself in the Lord in terms of your own quiet time and reading of Scripture, and you're not giving Him the time and, the, and, and your resources, you're not really growing. You're exposing yourself to attack. Nice little thing here, but we'll talk about it next week. Probably the, the key thing to consider is this verse, which I continue to flash. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. But what is key? Submit, submit to God. What is it in your life that is not submitted to him? We all have at least one thing. There's something in your life that's, that's not, you're not submitting to him. Maybe it's your, your language. Maybe it's your thought life. Maybe it's your, your goals and objectives. Maybe it's the way you interact with people. Maybe it's, uh, who knows, maybe it's your politics. doesn't matter. If there's anything in your life that is not submitted to the Lord, I think, unfortunately, it gives the devil an opportunity. We need to submit all to the Lord, every, everything, before the great and wonderful God who created us. The one thing here I would encourage you to think about in that first line well, the first two. Do you understand that allowing your sin in your life gives spiritual beings opposed to God influence in your life for evil? Anything. I mean, I hate to tell you this, but I mean, I was, I was talking to somebody else about this again. I mean, if you watch junk on TV, don't you think that impacts you? If you watch stuff that involves sex or violence and things, you don't think that impacts you? We have to be careful what we allow into our lives. We are being influenced. Don't give Satan an opportunity to influence you. And this other one is how deep and passionate is your love for God? How deep and passionate is your love for God? You see, if your love for God is more important than anything else, you're going to automatically seek to strengthen that. Because that's the way it is with relationships. If you have a relationship that you really care about, you are going to think of ways to strengthen that relationship over time. Next week when we meet, we're going to talk about uh, these different elements. All right, But I encourage you to read Galatians 5, Colossians 3, and to really give consideration to how you are strengthening yourself during the week. How you are strengthening yourself during the week.
Keep a log of what you do with your time. Analyze that log. Consider how much of that time in that week was used to really strengthen yourself in relationship with God compared to just doing stuff that doesn't matter, even if it's good, all right, in comparison. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the fact that you are God. We thank you for the fact that you desire to be in relationship with us and that you've made it possible through our faith in Messiah Yeshua. Help us, God, to take seriously what it means to strengthen ourselves in you. Help us to more deeply understand what it means to be strengthened in order that we might be able to fight with greater effectiveness in this spiritual war in which we find ourselves. We thank you for the strength you provide through your spirit. God, help us to be careful, not to grieve your spirit within us, but to let your spirit flow through us to strengthen us. Help us to walk in your spirit, to put on it every day. We pray all this in Yeshua's name.